The kick, it's long, it's strong. He snakes at home. We'll be breaking motors underneath our feet. He's within range now, a third bounce. He's hot, but he gets oh. it and he's broke, takes the goal of the day. I am, I am, I am, I am. On 88.3 Southern FM, this is Beyond the Boundary. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Boundary, your home of local footy in 2019. Big thanks to Bruce for basketball this morning. Got a massive program coming your way, covering everything around the local footy traps from the VFL and the Sandringham Football Club to what's going on at your local footy club. 0404000736, that's the number you can get us on anytime this morning here at 88.3 Southern FM. As you just said, this is Beyond the Boundary. Carl Bianco is my name, and, well, it's a different person joining me across the other side of the desk this morning, but somebody that's uh, not unfamiliar to the airways here at 88.3 Southern FM. He joined us a couple of weeks ago to talk all about uh, kicking for cancer, and, well, Jackson Fry, good to have you in the studio, mate. Thanks, Carl. Good to be back, mate. It's it's only been a couple of weeks, but a uh, busy couple of weeks in the footy traps, and, uh Sandringham Football Club, we have a great partnership with them here at Southern FM and uh, we also have a lot of great access to their players and their coaching staff with that partnership uh, between the station and the VFL team and yesterday afternoon uh, they took on Geelong at GMHBA Stadium and matched them for about three quarters and unfortunately in the last quarter Geelong got uh, the goods and uh, took home the the points in the end, but uh, we're lucky enough to be joined by uh, Brady Seckle, the captain of uh, Sandringham. Brady, uh, good to have a chat to you this morning. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no drama. Thanks for having me, boys. Pretty disappointing result, but uh, to go to Geelong and uh, I suppose match your opponents for three quarters, it's uh, a pretty uh, good performance, you'd have to say. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was pleasing in a lot of aspects, but I mean, at the end of the day, we're we're here and, uh, to win games of footy, and we didn't do that. So, um, you know, a lot to learn from the game. Um, but, yeah, disappointing to go down when uh, where the game was there to be won. Brady Jackson Fry here, mate. I just want to ask you a quick question on the form of uh, Sam Fox. He seemed to have a great season. He's been playing a bit of local footy. He's come back to VFL level. Um, how's he been going? It seems like he's been going pretty well. Yeah, Sam's been terrific. Um, it's great to have someone... A bit more experience, um, having played VFL previously at Frankston um, and then being a really good player for the Frankston Bombers. I mean, he was elected captain uh, in the pre-season and then we, we signed him in sort of late Feb, March um, and he's played every game and, and been terrific and, you know, really leads that forward line and I think now with Sam, he's cemented his spot and, and, and proves that he's a valuable member of the team and now we're sort of asking him to step up as, as a leader and, and really drive the standards down there because he, he's doing such a good job as a player. Fantastic. And the form, I guess, of a few St Kilda players, um, uh, how many guys have you had access to in their injury list and how's their form been going? Many guys pushing to, to play AFL in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I think um, on uh, yesterday we had eight St Kilda players, which yep. is uh, not as many, I think, Geelong and 17. So, I mean, that's the reality. It's not an excuse. It's just the reality of, of St Kilda's injury list and also our injury list. Um as to where they're at. So, I mean, a lot of guys are putting their name up. Dalton Langland is trying to name up. Jonathan Marsh, is, he's a ripper player. Um, he's been a great pickup for the Saints and um, really good good for, for us when he's been down there. And, and Brandon White as well. They're probably the three that are, are really throwing their, their name in the hat for senior selection. 
So, yeah, 17 players from Geelong. Geez, that makes it difficult. One more question from me, mate. Um, how's the form of uh, former Carlton player Sam Rowe? I know he's a bit of a late inclusion on the St Kilda list. How's he been going, the big fella? Yeah, he's been really good. He sort of came in as a forward, um, plugged a few holes down back, and then um, with Louis Pearce and Billy Longer out, looks like for the year with, with concussion, um, he's been thrusted into the ruck and, and doing a really good job, and, and he competes. He's, you know... Probably a touch undersized for a ruckman, um, but he gives his all and competes, and, and that's all we ask. So um, he's a really good person too, Sam. So um, we're really lucky to have him. Uh, oh, fantastic. Um, and he's on 99 AFL games, so hopefully he can get to that century, the big fella. Yeah, buddy, I uh, hope he gets there. I mean, it'd be just reward if he gets his 100th, absolutely. Great stuff, mate. Now, uh, Jackson mentioned the the influence the St Kilda footballers obviously have uh, in the Sandringham side. I, I've noticed a lot lately, uh, there's a lot of late changes um, in, in regards to that. And um, I suppose, fortunately, depending on how you see it, sometimes you're the uh, the game the before the, the main game. Uh, do you think it's impacting you guys that much, like having a situation like that where you're making changes so late before a game? I think, you know, the reality is we're an aligned team, so we've got to work with, with what we've got, and that's part of being an aligned team is that there's there's changes at AFL level that have a flow-on effect to us. Mm. Uh, so there's not really much you can do about it. I mean, I think as leaders, we've been trying to focus on to the group, just saying, you know, just focus on the controllables, mm. um, stuff you can't control out of our control. There's no point worrying about it. So um, we front up, we train during the week, we front up to play and we do everything in our power to play well. And, and if there's changes... Um, that's just that's just the way it is. There's not much we can do about it, but um, but yeah, it's, it's just a, a part of being a, a, an aligned side. And you had Cal Jones and Trent Thomas debut. How'd they go? Yeah, really good. Um, yeah, they both sort of uh, you know bided their time at local footy. Um, Trent came to us through the, the Sandy Combine day and is a premiership player at Berwick. Um, Ex Sandy uh, BNF winner um, James Magna really pushed for him to come down, um, and, and he was really good. Cross half forward and, and Cal, who normally plays as a um, as a forward for St Kevin's old boys, and you know, obviously one of the premier teams in, in the Bathray grade, um, a sort of you know makeshift forward. Um, so he threw him down back. Um, he did a really good job actually. Cal, both boys um, should be very proud of their efforts yesterday. And you'd be pretty happy with your your own form. It seems that you just seem to be racking up a disposal and really contributing uh, and and helping out the rest of the boys. Oh, I mean. I, I think personally, maybe a little bit down on, on form this year. I think I don't know. Maybe if you, you, you take a bit more uh, of the burden when you're captain and your side's losing. I mean, yeah. I don't really focus too much on myself. Um, you know, if I mean, people can get caught up on individual performances, but as long as I'm contributing for the team, um, that's all that matters. If we worry about individual stuff, then we may as well go do athletics or tennis or something. So, I mean, frustrating for me as captain, and we've dropped five on the trot. So, um, I'm doing all I can to try and get us back on track and winning games of footy so I'm not too caught up in my own performance mm. No, fair enough mate, but at the same time don't put too much pressure on yourself because uh, any time we seem to have a look at uh, a summary of the stats and, and keep a close eye on a game day you, you, you're more than exceeding expectations I would say as skipper this year and as you said it's not the greatest of results of late but um, you've got a chance next weekend to bounce back against the Bulldogs at home and uh, what are we looking forward to next week against the Bulldogs? How are you going to uh, match up against them, do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, we haven't, I haven't really uh, given a whole heap of thought to the Bulldogs since the game finished yesterday. I mean, we'll have, a, we'll have to review the game strongly on 
Tuesday night and then and then sort of shift our focus as soon as that review's done. Um, we shift our focus to the Bulldogs and, and how we're going to come up with a plan to beat them. I mean, they're, they're one of the better teams in the VFL, so um, it's going to be a big challenge for us to be at our best to uh, to get the job done against the Bullies. They sort of touched us up a bit in round one. Mm. Um, out there, we went across there on a Friday night round one. I think we are pretty... Pretty confident that you know we had a good team in and, and we could really knock them off, and um, they really showed us up, um, especially with their marking um, in the defensive end. We kind of got out marked ball of the ball, and I think yesterday uh, our young forward line did a really good job of competing. I mean, they had um, you know Lockie Henderson down back, who's you know played a whole heap of AFL footy, who, mm. who could really mark the ball and, and set them up from the back line, and um, I think you know Kai Owens and, and guys like that really fought hard, competed, and brought the ball to ground, and then. When they do that, it brings you know Foxy and, and Nathan Smith and guys like that into the game. So I think that'd be pretty important against the Bullies to, to not get outmarked um, in our front end. Um, so much of the game is now on transition. Um, you know, before teams can set up their defence. So if we bring the ball to ground, uh, we'll we'll be right in the game. Yeah, you mentioned Kai Owens. Yeah, he sort of uh, came into the scene uh, to start playing for Sandy a little bit later on in the year after a few rounds. So ha- have you seen some of the guys that have? I suppose made an appearance in the in the seniors uh, um, going so far this year. Have they been doing a good job from your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I think we just you know the sort of young developing forward line and they're a bit undermanned. Um, so all we ask is, is that they compete and, and bring the ball to ground. And as long as uh, you're not getting out marked and you win or win or have all your contests, I mean you're going to be you're going to be in the game. And, and Kai's really really improved over the last few weeks. So. I think he's got a really bright future guy. He's a, a really athletic guy, and um, yeah, hopefully he just keeps uh, plugging away because he's he's a, he's a really good player. Brady, one more for me, mate. I was just looking at the ladder. You guys are one game out of the top eight with five matches left. Is finals well on the radar? You believe? Yeah, I mean, I, sh- I think you just got to keep winning. I mean, uh, we probably have to win almost all of our remaining games. So I think you're always thinking finals where it's possible. Um, you just want to keep winning games of footy and, yeah, obviously running into a tough patch and dropping five on the trot. Um, you just want to run up and win against the bullies. So we're not thinking too far at the finals. We've got to start winning games to even in the conversation. So if we win a couple of games, we give ourselves a chance, but that's all, uh, all we're thinking at the moment. All the best against the dogs, mate. Hopefully you can get the job yeah, done. thanks, Jackson. Cheers, thanks, mate. Brody, really appreciate your time today, mate. Uh, obviously off the back of a disappointing loss, but uh, with every opportunity next Sunday... Uh, to get a win against the Bulldogs and we'll be rallying behind you and uh, really appreciate your time always on a Sunday morning. No drama. Thanks, boys. Enjoy. Thanks, Brady. Good Cheers, mate. Brody Seckle there, the captain of the Sandringham Football Club and uh, was unfortunately off the back of a loss yesterday, but uh, just keeping an eye on that one yesterday, Jack, I was, uh, it was a pretty fair effort from Sandringham. It wasn't the greatest day for footy yesterday, especially travelling to Geelong of all places and they, as I said, they matched them for about three quarters and then Geelong having that slight home advantage at GMHBA just uh, got over the line. Yeah, the great effort from Sandy. I mean, as Brady said, 17 AFL listed players, and we know how strong the Geelong list is. Mm. And, and a huge buzz for a lot of those guys to play the ground like GMHBA. I, I mean, that was probably the first trip they've gone down there for a lot of them. So, yeah. Um, yeah, look, it's a very even comp, the VFL. And as we said, they're only a game out of the eight, and hopefully they can... Uh, get back on the winners list against Footscray who are in the top four so that'd be a big game for them next week yep and we'll be broadcasting that game live here on 88.3 Southern FM of course this year as I said a little earlier we are fortunate enough to have a good uh, relationship with the Sandringham Football Club uh, to the point that we broadcast all their home games this year and uh, we'll be doing the same thing next Sunday afternoon 
uh, between obviously Sandringham and the West uh, Footscray Bulldogs. I should say, I was going to say yeah, Western, the Western Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Yeah, no, the Footscray. They uh, should be a good game and go the Zebras. Yes, definitely, definitely. Oh four oh four triple zero seven three six. That's the number you can get us on this morning. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts about how your day at the footy was yesterday. There was plenty of football around, Jacko. How did uh, Hampton Park go yesterday? We had a win yesterday. I didn't play, actually, mate, so that was a nice week to have a rest. Uh, really? In torrential conditions. <laughs> was that just a, uh, a planned week Yeah, off? yeah, we yeah. probably rest a few guys now that we've locked in top spot. So, um, yeah, with the weather forecast, I wasn't too disappointed. Uh, stood in the social room and watched the boys slug it out in the wet, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we got the win, which was good, mate. Oh, very good. Hey, uh, we might take the opportunity now... To take a quick break here on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. This is Beyond the Boundary, your home of local footy in 2019. When we come back, we'll have a look at uh, what's been happening in the Amos. And uh, there's a lot, not a hell of a lot happening at the moment, but there was a rep football game uh, that's happened uh, in the last a couple of rep games, actually, across the last couple of weekends. Uh, and uh, we'll be joined by uh, David Patterson from the Old Brighton Football Club because there's also been a bit happening there lately and uh, they're doing their best in uh, the ammos of late as well. This is Beyond the Boundary here on Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. It's a minute to 11 o'clock. Nothing good ever happens in my life. I'm just angry and bored all the time. I don't know who I am anymore or what makes me happy. My friend said I should talk to someone and get some help. Mum took me to the doctor and he said I had depression. Psychologists help me deal with anxiety and stuff. You can help someone find a way back from anxiety and depression at youthbeyondblue.com or phone 1300 224636. Every Saturday morning from 10 until noon, you can hear all the latest Australian releases on the all-new Saturday Osmosis. Interviews with the artists and live studio performances. All-new, all-Australian, all-genres... All good. All new Saturday Osmosis. Every Saturday morning from 10 until noon. Hey, Mark Murphy here from the Carlton Football Club for Rad. Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. AFL is a true team sport. When you're part of a team, you support each other. You back each other up and do whatever it takes to help a teammate out who's in trouble. So if you're with someone who's been drinking, don't let them get behind the wheel. Take their keys and call a taxi, because mates don't let their mates drink drive. Rad, ra-dd.org.au, or check us out on Facebook. Do something sweet for your community. Buy Lion's Confectionery. With a 50-cent roll of Lion's Peppermint, Lion's Fizzes or Lion's Musk, Helping people has never been so refreshing and when you buy Lions Confectionery, profits go toward all the great projects that your local Lions fund, from helping the environment to drug awareness. There's a lot of projects that need your help. For more details on Lions projects, check out lionsclubs.org.au. Molly, that's me, and Fluoro, that's me, for Molly's Blooming Hour, Saturdays 4 till 5pm, for gardening tips, community announcements, fresh produce recipes, and 80s and 90s music. You can give us a call with any gardening questions. We'll also chat about what's going on in your back and front yard, and many other beautiful gardens in the wonderful Bayside area. That's Molly's Blooming Hour, 4 till 5, Saturday afternoons, proudly sponsored by Vasily's Garden Centre. The Sounds of the Bayside, 88.3 Southern FM.
You're listening to Beyond the Boundary, your home of local footy in 2019. Carl Bianco with you this morning and Jackson Fry. Good to have you in this morning, Jacko. Thanks, Carl. Good to be here, mate. Thanks for coming in. It's uh, uh, a, well, not a bad morning, I suppose. It's it's better seen better today. <laughs> yeah, well, slightly better. Uh, now, we'll draw our attention to the VAFA. And, uh, this weekend has been another uh, bye weekend, but uh, it saw the big V take on the uh, the country V <laughs> at uh, Icon Park yesterday. And, uh, unfortunately, the big V uh, representing Metropolitan Victoria, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the uh, city, uh, unfortunately, went down to the country yesterday. Uh for the Vaffa team, Hill kicked two, Critchley kicked two, and uh, for the country team, Hayes kicked three. I believe Kane Pettifer, former uh, Richmond footballer, kicked two goals there as well. He's got some handy numbers at Kyabra in the last couple of years, Carl. He's kicked a lot of goals for them. Mm, yeah, it's, it's, it is good, though, to have former AFL footballers going and playing Fantastic. grassroots footy. Yep. Just helps with their uh, experiences. Uh, throughout football, but uh, yeah, Joshy Green was a, a highlight from what I understand, and uh, a man from the Old Brighton Football Club in Nick Pavlou uh, also had a great game too, but uh, wasn't enough to get over the line against the country team. Now, speaking of Old Brighton, we're uh, lucky enough this morning to have the Vice President of the Football Club and David Patterson to uh, have a chat to us this morning. David, thanks for coming in and giving us some of your time. Uh, no worries, Carl. Thanks for having me. It's uh, been uh, not a bad season for the club this year, uh, plenty of happening, and uh, how have you seen it so far? Um, yeah, it's been a bit different for, for us from last year. We kind of took A grade by storm last year. I think we were undefeated after eight rounds, but this year's been a bit more of a struggle. I think people aren't underestimating us and um, a few personnel changes. So we got off to a, a pretty tough start. Um, and we've found our feet in the last couple of rounds. So five and five with a draw is about a fair representation of our mm. season. Um, I think the the top two in, in Old Zavs and Uni, Uni Blues have been the standout teams. And as you could expect, St Kevin's and Collegians last year's grand finalists are also making up the four. So it's uh, pretty competitive up at the top end. And um, yeah, what have we got to go? About seven games to go. So um, see who kind of fills those places. Definitely. And uh, yourself as Vice President, how long have you been involved with Old Brighton for? Um, for I've been on the committee. This is my sixth year yep. on the committee. Um, Simon Williams was senior coach in uh, 2013 when he asked me to come down to the club. And under Shane Young as president and with, with John Rawlinson as the other Vice President, we've kind of been... Um, pretty solid there for six years and uh yeah we've got a great committee and um great team around us and um off field the club's in great shape definitely i notice as well you've got a pretty strong uh women's team as well yep. but uh, something of interest during the week i was just reading an article in the leader uh they haven't been able to play footy lately the women's team yeah no they they were uh, probably relieved to have a day game yesterday which uh <laughs> they performed very well and finally finally did well but um no, the two games prior, um, they had uh, lights out in twilight games, which wow. is very disappointing, but these things happened, and um, uh, the first one was at Banksy Reserve against Bo Morris, and yep. then the second one at our home ground, both obviously managed by Bayside Council, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, look, it was disappointing because the, the coaches and the girls felt that they were in, in good positions, and um, for the lights to, to go out due to a timer is a bit oh, unfortunate, no. but... Uh, 
look, we move on and um, and hopefully they have a good run home. They, their, their win yesterday put them back into second spot, so wow. they're having a great year. That's great to hear. So, like, it was with the the lights, is that like all council, uh, all grounds around the Bayside area, they... they just coincidentally you had it triggered it <laughs> no nah, well the, the way the council are managing these things now is yeah. they're putting all the lights the grounds with lights on a timer so right. they are timed to go out at a certain time and it's up to the clubs to request when the lights will be active obviously for training um and if you're going to have a twilight game you notify the council in advance and right. they set the timers okay. now the the confusion was we've we've put in our whole season in advance mm. and notified the council when we have night fixtures. Somehow the council have gone around and changed the timers. Maybe right. there was a, um, a servicing or something where the, cha- the timers have been changed and they um, didn't refer to the scheduling. And obviously it happened to Bo Morris the week before and then no one bothered to kind of check it again. And it's <laughs> happened to us the following week again. So we've copped the double whammy. Um, the VAFA have been great in sorting out points and percentages and things like that. Obviously, it's disappointing at our end because we'll have girls who will miss out on best and fairest votes and goal-kicking votes and yeah. things like that. But um, the VAFA have been great, um, and now it's all sorted with the council. So going forward, we're back on track. Dave, just a quick question. How far in were those games? Did, did they reach... Um, Jacko, they were... I think they were both during the either the first or second quarter. Okay, so so yeah, the games, yeah. The, yeah. it's a terrific initiative from, um, and I do believe it was our coach Peter Grant who who set this up to say that, well, instead of having it early on Sunday mornings or at a ground when there's not no other games for uh, fixtured, we'll have it at the conclusion of the senior team. So they finish at four thirty-five, four forty, and then the senior player make a bit of a guard of honour for the girls to run through and it's just been fantastic. So the girls have a great home ground, have great crowd. Um, both teams are obviously upstairs enjoying the post-game festivities and, and then there's a great atmosphere watching the girls play. So it, obviously in winter it gets darker a bit earlier <laughs> and you need those lights on pretty much straight away. I believe the umpires tried to play on last week with... Um, twilight, yep. and then the the lights couldn't be reactivated. So that's probably the biggest disappointment, that we don't have access to when these things happen, that we can't just kind of say, okay, quickly, let's fix it within 10 minutes. Mm. Uh, there's no one after hours who can actually come out and reactivate that um, that timer. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I think the, the council has to organise a better system just quietly. Like, I know it's... Uh, just a, a funny thing where it just happened to happen twice. <laughs> you know, different venues. Too. Two different venues, <laughs> but I think we can come up with yeah. a better system where, you know, look, I'm not saying that uh, clubs should have full control of their lights because every now and then somebody will probably forget to flick that switch and you've got lights on for the whole night. Yeah. So I think that's been their, their argument is that they're making sure that doesn't happen, Yeah. Um, which is a fair enough argument, but I think there could be some sort of trust mm. whereby the club can kind of say, well, look, we pay the electricity bill, so we're not yeah, going to exactly. leave them on. So <laughs> we're, um, whereby we can quickly fix that mistake. Now, um, look, we've been a tenant there for nearly 60 years, so mm. we, we would hope that the um, that can be fixed. But going back to it, I mean, 
the council manage the grounds as best they can. They've got a lot of grounds in Bayside to manage and these things happen. Um, we can have a bit of a giggle about it in hindsight, but I'm sure the coaches of both teams probably a bit disappointed. Mm. Women's footy, though, it's a thing that's really gone from strength to strength. It's been around for uh, for long enough now where it's uh, equally as important as the, the men's football side of things. So uh, h- how long have you had a, a women's team for? Uh, this is our third year. Um We've, um, it's definitely grown. It's um, very important. It's been a great thing to happen to our club with the um, how enthusiastic the girls are. Um, their standard football's improved every year. Um, last year, one of our girls won the league best and fairest. Um, we've got some girls who've had some, you know, three years of experience, and we've had some girls who are playing their first year. Um, this year, um, I think the the VAFA. Uh, working with a, um, a committee to see how we can improve it again going forward, uh, where it's going to end up, um, how many teams looks like a reasonable competition. Um, certainly the growth has kind of plateaued a little bit at the moment, so they're just trying to work out now, you know, where the umpiring is, where the um, the coaching's at, how we get more people with great experience into the VAFA women's team. But uh, from our point of view, it's outstanding. And our, our girls and our coaches, the Grant brothers and everything, are, are absolutely doing a fantastic job. Under-19s footy, you get under an under-19 side? Yeah, we do. We, um, we have, we've had historically a very strong under-19s team. And we won the premiership last year. And this year, we're top of the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're doing very well. Um, and we also this year have introduced a fifth team, which is our under-23s. Right. So that's really helped with the numbers for the reserves and the under-19s who aren't getting a game. Um, I believe you can field up to four players who are above 23 years of age okay. to, who might not be getting a game in the reserves. Um, they had a rough start, but they've won, I think, three of their last five games. So they've, they've turned the corner really well. And our under-19s are, are outstanding. They're um, coached by... a, a guy who's in his second year and he's already got a premiership and on, on top of the ladder this year. So yep. Brian Randall's doing a great job there. So um, the clubs, for the first time um, in a long time, we have had five teams prior when we used to have a clubbies, but we've yep. got five. Oh, no, it is the first time we've had five teams because mm-hmm. we didn't have a girls team then. So mm. we've got five teams um, and uh, five competitive teams, um, not chasing numbers, and um, coaches are doing a great job. Uh, so we're uh, we're feeling that the club's fine. By the, the, the club's yeah. the club's in good shape. You know, we obviously we're dictated in somewhat by how our seniors are performing. Yeah. But I feel that um, their st- the standards they set off the ground filter through the whole club, and it's mm. making us a, a terrific club. So just on the topic of under nineteens, we have a look at other leagues around the the area, and some do struggle to to get under nineteens up, and it's been a pretty public point of discussion. The whole you know, future of uh, whether we have under-19s footy, whether we change it to under-18s and have maybe, you know, as you guys got have gotten an under-23 side and more teams like that. Uh, do you think having the, the school, being an old coal school, sort of helps? Uh, there's no doubt. Um, it's uh, a huge benefit to us. We would have 90 to 95% of our players come from Brighton Grammar. Um, obviously... Uh, in, I think, 2011, 12, 13, or maybe 
13, 14, I can't remember the years, but they won three premierships in a row under Robert Shaw. And those players are what's driving our old boys club to great success. Mm. Obviously being strong in A grade, which has been one of our our fundamental goals, is to be competitive in A grade. Um, and the under-19 competition is... We're making sure that their football education doesn't stop when they finish school. We want mm. them to come down to, to Old Brighton and feel like they're going to continue to improve their football. So that's why we've put a bit of resources into the coach, into the coaching standards. They do pre-season with the, all the senior teams um, just to make sure that they step out of what is an excellent schoolboy program into an equally um, prolific standard of football where... You know, some players don't hit their straps till they're 20, you know, and we want to make sure that they don't finish at 17 or 18. They, they keep improving. So, Dave, just quickly, but I was just having a look on the on the website, and it's, a, it's an amazing thing you don't see often in, in local footy. You mentioned about guys from Brighton Grammar. The last senior game you played, you used 22 player points, all one-point players. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's uh, quite amazing in local football. Yeah, we've, all our players are one-point players. That's amazing. Um which is a credit to the coach, um, Greg Hutchison, who's doing an outstanding job. We have, um, it varies how many players who are on VFL lists play for us week on week. Um, obviously, it improves the team when they're, when they're available for us, but <laughs> during the winter months, you know, players are injured and unavailable, and so the VFL teams pull some of them out. Yep. But um, look, we've got an outstanding team. We're competing against teams that have guys who have just stepped out of AFL. Yeah. We're competing against teams who have 6.5.4-point yeah. players all through their list, and we're competing admirably. And last year was outstanding, and this year, um, look, who knows what will happen for the back half of the year because when when they're on, when they're playing well, um, they're, they're an outstanding team and a very hard team to beat. Now, drawing our attention back to the senior footballers, the senior team, and... Uh, your observations so far, who, who do you think has been the most challenging opponent that uh, Old Brighton have come up against this year? Oh, look, we've been competitive in every game bar one. So we got we got our pants pulled down against Old Zavs. Yep. They were outstanding that day and we probably were a bit undermanned and, and um, got uh, towed up in the first quarter and they went on with it. But they're an outstanding team. You know, they've got um, Josh Green, as you mentioned, who's mm. playing fantastic. Uh, Will Hames, who's uh, racking up, you know, mid-30s every week. So they're going to be a tough team to beat. Uni Blues are a tough team to beat. Um, we had actually great wins against last year's grand finalists St. Kevin's and Collegians. So I think we were the first team in three years to beat St. Kevin's at, at their home. Yep which was an outstanding game for us. And that's the sort of standard that I'm sure the coach is looking for to bring that every week and and who knows what can happen. But at this stage, Old Zavs would be the favourites to to win the competition. Yeah, it's uh, they're, they're having a very good season, Old Zavs. They've, uh, yeah, well. they've, they've, uh, they've... They took the coach off uh, D-Lar, so they got yeah. Paul Slattery <laughs> on board. Yeah, that helps. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> look, he's, he's, he's a great coach. You know, mm. I've, I've, um, I've listened to him. He's uh, a very um, experienced guy. He's come from the Melbourne Football Club and um, he's a real um, you know, player mentor as well as a great coach. So, um, look, he's doing a great job with them. And, um, you know, who knows... Uh, you don't want to be too early to ripe, as they say, because you're first to rotten. So um, we'll see how, how far their form stretches. 
Now, next weekend, uh, Old Melbourneians, you uh, travel to Elstonwick Park to take them on. Uh, what are you expecting from that match next week? Uh, I think that'll be a real terrific contest of two teams that are about even. So I think they're two points above us on the ladder in fifth, and we're in sixth. Uh, the home of amateur football at Elstonwick Park. Um, Old Melbourneians, similar to us, have had some outstanding wins and probably some games that they've let slip. And um, I think next week will be a great battle between two well-coached teams. And um, the winner that eventuates will probably be putting that pressure on Collegians and St Kevins for that uh, for that fourth spot. Um, so it, it will be an outstanding uh, match. Beautiful stuff. And is there, are there any uh, club events uh, coming up that you'd like to promote or any sponsors you'd like to thank? All well, sponsors, of course, we'd like to thank Hodges, who have been our major sponsor for over 25 years, which yep. is an amazing thing in amateur football to have that same sponsorship. Uh, they do an e- exceptional job. They attend all the events and they support the club really well. And we do have an event coming up. We have our Gala Ball, which is on the 10th of August. So there's still a couple of seats available. We've uh, got the Sandringham Yacht Club almost booked out. So oh, lovely. I think the, uh, Fantastic. It's 240 that it seats and there's probably about two and a half tables remaining. That's going to be um, one of our key events for the year, probably our major fundraiser. So anyone who's uh, interested in either sponsoring, donating uh, auction or raffle prizes or actually would like to come along, we'd love you to contact the club. Beautiful stuff. Hey, David, really appreciate you giving up some of your time this morning to come in and have a chat to us. We really love hearing uh, what's going on around uh, our all the footy clubs that are local to us and uh, when somebody can come in person and, and have a chat to us from uh, their respective football club, it's uh, it's really great and, and to hear about all the great stuff that's happening at the old Brighton Football Club, uh, it's it's fantastic to hear. So uh, really appreciate you giving up some of your time this morning to come into the studio and have a chat to us this morning. No worries. And um, just if anyone wants to follow the fortunes of the, of the Mighty Tunners, um, we've got a young bloke, Alex Nicholas, who's doing a great job on social media. So we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and everything. So just uh, follow us on uh, Old Brighton FC and um, you'll be up to date with everything that we're, that's going on. And thanks, Carl and Jacko, for having Good us. Good on you, Dave. Beautiful you stuff. Know. David Patterson, the Vice President of the Old Brighton Football Club. We're going to take a break here on 88.3. Southern FM at 20 minutes past 11. When we come back, we'll have a look at some footy results uh, around the traps. This is Beyond the Boundary, your home of local footy in 2019. Like an old-fashioned trash and treasure market with everything from plants to pre-loved clothing, homewares to crafted jewellery and much more. Then join us at Bentley Sunday Market, 7am to midday every Sunday at Bent Street Car Park next to Bentley Station. 
All proceeds go to community projects of Bentley Moorabbin Central Rotary Club. Mention Southern FM for a free cloth shopping bag. Online at bentleymarket.org. Southern FM sponsor. It is 50 years since humans first set foot on the moon. From July 16 through July 25, Southern FM will bring you hourly news reports charting the progress of the Apollo 11 mission, all the way from countdown and liftoff through the moonwalk by Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin to the splashdown in the Pacific Ocean. So please listen out for this theme for your Apollo reports on Southern FM. Is the environment important to you? Then you should join in with your local Lions Club on National Tree Day. Lions Clubs all around Australia hope to plant over 2 million trees this year. Help us to green up Australia. All you'll need to bring is a pair of gardening gloves and your enthusiasm. Contact your local Lions Club or council office to find out where and when the planting will take place in your area. How wonderful it is to watch kids seeing things for the first time, but imagine if this was all taken away. Retinitis pigmentosa RP is the leading cause of youth blindness. One in 3,000 kids is born with RP. RP is also the leading cause of blindness in the working age population. Cure Blindness Australia aims to end this. Together we can find a cure. To help or for support, phone 1300 900 006. Every Saturday morning from 10 until noon, you can hear all the latest Australian releases on the all-new Saturday Osmosis. Interviews with the artists and live studio performances. All new, all Australian, all genres, all good. All new Saturday Osmosis, every Saturday morning from 10 until noon. The Sounds of the Bayside, 88.3 Southern FM. And you're listening to Beyond the Boundary, your home of local footy in 2019. Carl Bianco with me. Joining me across the other side of the desk is Jackson Fry. We've got plenty of footy results to get through. Uh, 0404000736. That's the number you can get us on. We'd love to hear from you. What did you see at the footy across the weekend? Did you see a good game? Were you best on anything? We'd love to hear from you this morning. Uh, finals venues as well. Uh, there's hasn't been an official announcement from the Southern Football Nepal League, but we understand... Uh, there might have been a bit of a leak there, Jacko. Yes, Carl. Yes, I, I, thanks to our good mate Wayne Fuller. I'm sure he's listening. But um, yeah, and I saw on, on Twitter from Paul Amin that Division One is going to be at Linton Street, which is fantastic. All, all, all games, though. I believe they're yeah, under 19 in Division One games. Yeah, so yeah. seniors reserves and well, that's 19. interesting. Which is a great venue, but I'm not sure if it's friendly to local football with the facilities. I haven't been there, but um, and and a, and a gate to, to sort of fence the area off, but um. Yeah, Division 2 will be at Cheltenham, I believe. Division 3, Heatherton, which is quite a, a, a sceptical one. And Division 4, either Springvale or Dufton Eagles. No official announcement yet, but... Um, Div 4, Springvale? Or, or Dufton Eagles. Really? I don't know what sort of happened there. I believe Division 3 should probably be at one of those venues, if not Keysborough. Um, yeah, not sure Heatherton, uh, is, for, uh, surface-wise, is in terms of the ground, is fit for finals. Um Facilities are great, uh, social rooms are great, but the actual surface of the ground is not in the top four of the Southern Footy League, I believe. But it is what it is, and 
um, clubs will have to play there in finals. Mm. Look, they do put on a pretty good show, though. Oh, Heatherton, no doubt. Like, Nothing against Good Heatherton. facilities and everything. And you know what I like about Heatherton that you don't find at other footy grounds? They've got a decent footy siren. Well, that, that's, uh, they're underrated, Carl. Yeah. They are underrated. I, I only remember the bad ones. I, I reckon in Endeavour Hills last week, they used a little <laughs> horn or a car horn. Or uh, Chelsea Heights has got a shocking one. Yeah, uh, yeah good sirens underrated. I, I know. I, look, I know it's a, a small thing, but <laughs> if you're at the footy, right, and you hear some squeaky thing that sounds like someone's let a fart yeah, rip. it's terrible. Do you know what I'm saying? It's shocking. We shouldn't have that in footy. We should have... Genuine footy siren. The best siren in the art has got to be Eddie or Marvel Stadium because it's loud. You, you can't miss it. Yeah, I don't mind the MCG yeah. one, though. I remember going up to Sobel many times, watch Carlton play, and that was the worst siren ever. He couldn't hear it. <laughs> but you know what else is funny that I'm realising, right? The, just on the topic of uh, AFL grounds, some of them have really bad PAs. Yes. Really, really bad. Yeah. Especially the Gabba I've noticed. Because when somebody, a team wins, this final siren goes, you can hear the siren, but you can't hear the song. Yeah, you want to hear the song. The song part. is the main part of the, the, the going to the footy. You want to hear it belted out, but... Um, yeah. Oh, well. Hopefully one day they'll fix that. Yeah, good work, Heatherton. Yeah, yeah look. Um, yeah, I, and, and I raised this with Bug the other day. I think it's probably too early to be playing footy at Linton Street. Because it's not. The, the biggest issue they're going to have is that they're building the next stage yeah. of the development there. So the next stage is involving building a swimming uh, facility, yeah. a recreation facility there, and a grandstand, right? You don't have... That's not going to be built in time no. for finals. No, it's not, I don't reckon it's cut out just yet for local footy. It's a mm. terrific, terrific facility yeah. for St Kilda to train at. Exactly. But when you're hosting thousands of people for local football across Saturday, Sunday, across four weeks, I'm just not sure it's ready, but mm. they've gone with it. Um, yeah. And it's a big ground. That's one thing players will soon work out. It's a big, big ground. And, yeah. Uh, similar to Springvale, I guess. Yeah. Well, Wide I, open spaces. I thought that it'd be a better idea to have just the grand final at Linton Street. Yeah. And yeah. have the other finals at Springvale yeah. or wherever else, whoever put in the best tender uh, to host Div 1 finals. Anyway, we're talking Southern footy and Nepal League uh, results. So uh, we're going to get into the senior footy results. Jacko, uh, we'll start with Division 4. Yesterday at uh, Barry Powell Reserve, South Yarra 7 15 57 defeated Lindale 1 2 8. South Yarra pretty underrated in Div 4, I reckon. Oh, they've uh, come along leaps and bounds after uh, they asked to be relegated at the end of last season. Uh, they had to change home grounds and they've done it a bit tough, the Yarras, but they're yeah. flying. They're sitting third, I believe, in Division 4 and a great win out at. Uh, out at Lindale, keeping them to only one goal. So, uh, fantastic for, for the Yarras. I had a joke with Bug the other day, and we said that it's because they're not playing at Fritz Halter. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're playing in... Uh, I can't remember where they're playing. I think it's Lee out. Park in yeah, Baldwin, which that's I believe is not a bad venue compared yeah. to... Well, anything's better than Fritz Halter. <laughs> like, no, don't, don't get us wrong. Like, South Yarra Football Club, proud football club... But you speak to anybody within the Southern Footy Nepal League community, and all they say is, "How do we get to the ground?" Like, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're going well, but and, it, that's, it, and that's what it's about. Division football is about finding your level mm, and winning correct. games. And when you win, uh, people want to know about you. So it, I'm sure they'll uh, their club will be buzzing, and they'll be playing finals, which is fantastic. Yep. And if they do go back to Fritz Holzer, hopefully it's in better nick than what yeah. it has been. Yeah, so it I needs think... to be relayed. Probably a, a fence around it, new rooms. Mm. Other than that, it's it's going alright. Very good. Good on the arrows. Uh, next game. This is a very low-scoring affair at Marriott Waters Reserve. Uh, in actual fact, 
considering that the results haven't been put in for the first three quarters and this is a fourth quarter score, I wouldn't be surprised if something's unfolded uh, between these two clubs. And forgive me if I'm wrong, but um, that score to me says that, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's right. Jacko, that's cool. Yeah, well, they haven't put the first three quarters in their car, whether or not it was caught off early, or mm. or we're just assuming that something may have happened. Or, but uh, the one thing about Lindhurst's ground is very big and it's very open. It is, yeah. It can get very windy. And the ball can get stuck on on a on a wing there a lot. So that look, that might be the final score. And if it is, Lindhurst uh, continue on their merry way and yeah, they're uh, looking the side to beat this year. But if you do know the result there, 0404000736, what unfolded down at Marriott Waters Reserve. Uh, uh, Browning did kick two goals for Lindhurst. Uh, Gardner, Murphy and Browning named in the best there. Nothing from Hallam. Uh, you just hope that something unfortunate didn't un- unravel down at Marriott Waters Reserve yesterday because... That no, just the, the, doesn't... Sorry, Carl, I have found the scores. Oh, there we go. We're all good. We are, we are okay. Yeah. Beautiful. So 33-17, that's correct. Confirmed from another source. Uh, very, very low-scoring affair, but uh, good result for Lindhurst in the end there. Franks and Dolphins, 9-10-64 at Overport Park, defeated Karen Patterson Lakes, 3-5-23. Dart kicked two for Frankston. Horrell kicked two. Carrigan kicked two. Murphy, Black and Turner named in the best for the Dolphins. For CPL, no multiple goal kickers, but Guy, Peters and Rafferty named in the best there. Good result for Frankston, who no doubt will be looking to uh, progress to the next division. Yeah, absolutely. Should Carl. it still be four divisions next year? Well, that's 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 a big question, but that, they'll get the double chance there, the Dolphins. They'll either finish first or second, mm-hmm. um, and they'll be looking... To, yeah, to challenge for the premiership and, and whether or not it is Division 4 or whatnot next year, but hopefully they uh, yeah, can play off and I reckon they'll play Lindale in the, uh, Lindhurst, I should say, in the grand final. Mm, mm. Good stuff. Now, more good stuff has appeared with the Kangaroos getting another win against the Redlegs yesterday afternoon at Woodup Crescent, 12-11-83 to Dandenong, 7-9-51. Levy kicked three from Rabin, Isaac kicked two, Mackay kicked two, Hostelak, Levy, and Jackson named in the best there for Moorabbin. Uh And a quick look at the ladder in Division 4 sees Lindhurst on top, Frankston second, South Yarra third, Moorabbin fourth, Hallam in fifth position, CPL in sixth, Dandenong seventh, and Lindale eighth. Yeah. Eight-team eight competition. Bit, bit of a gap there between the top four and the bottom four, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Moorabbin have all but locked in. Fourth spot, you'd reckon? Yep. Two games clear in percentage. Yeah, um, I, I don't think Hallam can... Hallam you know. and Karam are probably a fair way back, and then Daniel and Lindale, who I think have probably only beaten each other. Um, good win from Rabin, you say. They come from behind. They're four goals down at quarter time. So yeah, I did see that. Good to see the Kangaroos up and about uh, in Division 4. I think CPR would be pretty disappointed with how their season's panned very, out. Very disappointed. They won 16 games last year, mm. uh, so they've dropped right off the pace. Some will argue that that was stiff not to uh, win the granny as well. Anyway... Uh, we wish them the best. They're a proud football club. CPL haven't been... Um... Yeah, they're going all right. My old club, Carl, I played all my junior footy there, so yeah. I wish the Lions well. Oh, I love going down there. I, yeah, I usually a... used to love going down there anyway. It's, uh, it's about to get an $8 million redevelopment. <laughs> I saw that as well, so which is fantastic. Very exciting. Very good. It's good to see the investment being made in uh, the local footy clubs around the traps. All right, Division 3, a division you know quite well, Jacko, and uh, yesterday afternoon, Ashford 10-14-74. Defeated Cerberus 1-2-8. Uh, Lee Cameron and Stadolka named in the best for Cerberus and for Ashwood. 
Peak kicked four was the only multiple was the only multiple. Carol Shepherd and Smith named in the best for Ashwood there. How have you seen Ashwood this year? They've been they've been they've been going okay. A lot of injuries I would say last time we played them. Uh, their best player Jake Chapman, he's missed a lot. He broke his collarbone early in the year. Mm. Their depth is probably tested at times. Um but a good win yesterday would have been very cold and wet at service. Um that ground doesn't hold water very well, so um, <laughs> a few puddles. But now they got the win. It puts them back in fourth spot, I believe. So they'll be fighting it out with Black Rock to get to get a finals berth. But um, we play them next week at Ashwood, and that's always a tough game. Very good. Uh, Clayton eight eleven fifty nine defeated Endeavour Hills one three nine. I tell you what, it's good to see Clayton winning some footy. Fantastic for Clayton. I actually tipped that result yesterday. I'm not surprised. Um, in the wet, they've got some big bodies, Clayton. They've knocked us off the other week, and uh, they play it play at home very well. They play uh, their ground, mm. Mead Reserve. Um, to, ke- to keep Endeavour Hills to only one goal is a fantastic effort, uh, and, and a 50-point win, which puts them into second spot. Wow. Fighting for the double chance. Clayton and Endeavour Hills play each other again in the last round um, to get the crack to play us in the second semi-final. So um, that'll be... That'll be uh, Gunning for that. Now, I know you play for Hampton Park, but I tell you what, I'd be really thrilled if Clayton did win the flag this year in Division 3. <laughs> I would not be thrilled no, at all. No, I know, that. I know, I know. know. You know, I, I said it, it's great for Clayton. As You talk about divisional football, we spoke about it. They've found their level. Probably not in the division they want to be in, mm. but it's just great for that club. They've got a women's team now that are doing really well, and uh, yeah, it's good to see them winning. That, that's what it's all about. And As I said, everyone loves a winner, and people come back to your club, they start following you again. Um, their social room was buzzing when we played there the other week. Yep. Just, yeah, it's great for them. And, um, yeah, we'll meet them in the finals and looking forward to, to battling it out against them. Proud football club getting some good results this season in uh, division, as you said, that they're probably not exactly uh, the happiest about, but at the same time really doing well and, and showing the league what they're, uh, they're full of. And, uh, yeah, a good, proud football club. So good on Clayton. Uh, your mob yesterday, 520. 50, defeated Black Rock, 3-5-23, 20 behinds. Yeah, no. Nah, boy, um, oh boy, what happened there, Jacko? Well, the conditions obviously weren't <laughs> weren't great. Um, For 20 at, behinds. At our home ground, Robert Bruce Reserve, yeah. it, was, it was very wet. Um, yeah. I think we kicked, I'll just have a look, Carl, I think we kicked 12 behinds in the second quarter. Yeah, we did. Well, one, <laughs> we're one straight six at quarter time. Yeah. And we're one goal 12-18 at, uh, at half time. So... Probably one of those games we're just happy to get no injuries, get the four points uh, and get out of there. Blackrock were, were, were competitive. They had a red-hot crack and, um, yeah, take the four points. Um, we had a, we had probably five or six of our best out yesterday, so we'll get those guys slowly back coming towards the finals. Um, but, yeah, no, wasn't wasn't a great spectacle, I'll be honest. But the most important thing is that you record the win and get the points, and that's what that's Hampton Park did, uh, and disappointing for Blackrock. But, uh, you know, not the worst result in the world for them. Uh, they're oh, having... They had a crack. Last time we played them, we beat them by 96 points. So conditions obviously a bit different yesterday, but they'll they'll be wrapped uh, to, to have a crack. And they, as I said, they're fighting it out for four spots so that them and Ashwood will play finals, one of them. Um and you never know in finals. Funny things happen. So yeah, uh, Spot five on. games left, I believe, and we play each other again in the last round at their place. Very good. Uh, no multiples from Hampton Park yesterday. Rainey, Henwood, and uh, Craig named in the best for Black Rock. They had one multiple. That was uh, Lockie Bat. 
who I believe is the uh, is he still coach yeah, of he's so playing he's playing coach. coach. Yeah, he's, he, Doing a great job, Lockie. It's very hard to play and coach, sort of juggling that. Yeah. Uh, but, no, he's doing well, and, and, the, and the Jets are having a crack, so all the best to them. Did uh, Buddy Spawn play yesterday? He did. He did. He played well in the ruck. He had a good battle with Luke Bain. So, uh, yeah, no, he, he's a terrific fellow, Buddy. And they had, they had a function last night, Black Rock, but they still hung around for a couple of beers at our rooms, which is it's what it's all about, Carl. Definitely. Um, played hard on the field and then come in for a couple of jars. So, yeah, um, very yeah, good. Yeah, no, all the best to them. yeah. Good on Black Rock. Yeah, I'm just fascinated that uh, Buddy Spawn didn't have his name in the best. Yes. Uh, it must have been hard yeah, for Ruckman he, yesterday. <laughs> he competed well, but couldn't quite sneak himself in. Uh, very good. Uh, the latter sort of uh, sorts of tough out pretty easily in Division 3. We don't really need to go through it, I don't think. <laughs> uh, with six teams in a competition in a, in a division of a local footy league. Anyway, we won't go there, but it's a disgrace. Division 2, senior footy yesterday afternoon. The Doveton Eagles, 13-17-95, defeated Chelsea Heights, 4-6-30. A team that you know quite well, Jacko. Down at Beasley Reserve, a proud footy club, Chelsea Heights, but uh, probably not having the best season this year. Yeah, they're struggling, the mighty Hiders. Um, For personnel, just have lost a lot of players over the last couple of years since that premiership and Mm. uh, just haven't been able to replace them. But they've been gallant, they're having a crack. Obviously, Dalton Eagles are a superior side. They played in the grand final last year and, and uh, yeah, won that pretty... Although, the game was pretty even in the first half, but obviously, they ran away. Uh, comfortable winners, and, and they're fighting for the double chance, the Eagles. They want to finish in the top three. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries this year, and yeah. they're, a, they're a dangerous side. Definitely. Uh, for Chelsea, no multiples, but uh, Yoren Matheson and Jordy Perriman named in the best there. He's... he's been pretty loyal to Chelsea Heights Perryman, hasn't he? Oh, he has, and Jordy. so has Jared Durant. Jared Durant's yep, played almost 200 games for that club. It's terrific. good to see those names still terrific there, though. Sir. Phil Matheson's played over 200 yeah. games. Just great guys, great clubmen, um, fantastic people to play footy with and, and be around, and so loyal to that club, and, and uh, yeah, still keeping contact with a lot of those guys, and hopefully... Uh, yeah, they're in a bit of a relegation battle there. Hopefully mm. they can stay in Division 2, because you don't want to drop down. No, no. But anyway... Uh, Dufton Eagles yesterday, Reed kicked five, Hendy kicked three, Battle, Carmody and Beer named in the best there for Dufton. East Brighton, 9-9-63 yesterday at Hurlingham Reserve were defeated by Caulfield, 13-11-89. Lavender kicked three for East Brighton, Reedy kicked two, James, Lavender and Cosgrave named in the best there for the Vampires. For Caulfield, Matty Brown kicked four, Potts kicked three, Buggy Fred Jenkins and uh, Potts named in the best there, as, as was Adam Ballard for uh, Caulfield. Good win for Caulfield. They're starting to get a few wins on the board late in this season, so uh, probably a bit too late to uh, push for finals, I yeah, would have thought. Yeah, the top five settled mm. uh, in Division 2. It's a 5-5 it's five, five split. There's a bit of a gap, but uh, good win for Caulfield. Always tough at Hurlingham Park. Definitely. Uh, they'll take that, uh, take that win every day of the week. I would have thought so. Uh, Springvale Districts yesterday, 15-8-98, defeated Sky, 2-5-17. Wiedering kicked six, Lim kicked four, Katsaris kicked two. The Donk named in the best players with Raru and Brown. And for Sky, Parkinson was the only goal kicker for them with two, McConville, Parkinson and Barr. Timbar. 200th game, Timbar, terrific servant, Sky Footy Club. Um... Yeah, they're battling a bit sky. They're on the bottom, and Springvale are on the top. Mm. They've come up from Division 3 springing. They're doing really well. Matt Wiedering with six goals. He's been a great recruit. Um, they'll give it a real shake. 
Springy, um, yeah, even with that weather yesterday, that uh, they got the job done comfortably. Very good by Springvale District. So uh, looking the goods in Division Two. This is another low-scoring affair as well. Caseborough five-seven thirty-seven defeated Hampton four-seven thirty-one. At Caseborough Reserve, Timmy Werner chimed in with two goals. Was the only multiple for Caseborough. They're good to see him playing some good footy for the Burrows. Werner, Brannon and Alephantis named in the best there for Keysborough. And for the Hammers, Griffin kicked two, was the only multiple. Hunter, Timms and Devereaux named in the best. Wow, that was a real narrow well, good, good win margin. for Keysy. They were 18 points down at half-time. Um, so to come back and uh, get the result that they were looking for, I, I believe they've got a game in hand on Springvale. If they win that game, they'll be sitting on top of Division 2, which is where they want to be, the Borough. Mm. They've recruited quite well. And um, credit to Hampton, they're, they're going to play finals, which I don't think they have for a fair few years. So, uh, yep. And they're gallant yesterday, only going down by a goal in wet conditions. Yep, it's uh, a good system they've got going down there at the toolbox, the Hammers. They're uh, having a good season, and uh, they'd be disappointed with that result, but they were in it for the whole game. And to go down by a goal, you can't say that that wasn't uh, a fair effort of Pretty, uh, yeah, pretty nail-biting result, that one. Uh, and the final game from Division 2 yesterday afternoon saw Murrumbina 11-21-87 defeat Heatherton 7-4-46. Uh, I believe there was a special NADOC game yeah, yesterday that, yeah. as well. So uh, nice to see the two clubs uh, acknowledging that this week and getting together. Uh, and uh, yesterday, obviously, Murrumbina getting the goods too good for Heatherton. For the Bina, Espinosa kicked three, uh, Skakalas kicked three, and Smith kicked two. Lalo, Harley Ambrose, and Espinosa kicked, uh, were named in the best, rather. And for Heather and Coffey was the only multiple with two. Stevens, Clark, Henry, and Stone named in the best for Gallon the Gallant there from Heather, only eight yeah. points down at halftime. So, um, yeah, no, they've had a crack, Heather, and they've, they've come up from Division 3, and they're, and they're doing quite well, but... Murrumbina one goal late in that last quarter, mm. peppered the goal but couldn't quite uh, couldn't quite uh, get them through the big sticks. But um, yeah, so it's probably Murrumbina and, and Doveton Eagles that are battling it for third spot, um, and and the pivotal double chance, Carl, in a top five system, you, you really want that. So good comp division too. Anyone can win the flag. It's very even. Yeah, no, it is a very even competition, and uh, Murrumbina uh, certainly be. Trying to win the flag this year, I would have thought, as are every club in Division 2, but uh, only a few Third can get there. lucky for them. I mean, they've lost two grand finals in the last couple of years, so they'll be hoping to uh, yeah, go one better. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Uh, and we take a look at the ladder in Division 2. And we can tell you that sitting on top is Springvale, 12 wins, 2 losses. Kesey, 11 wins uh, and 2 losses. I'm not sure if this has been updated or not, but... Uh, let's just go by how it says. Yeah, that, that's updated. Is yep. it? So, so Doveton Eagles and Springvale played on Good Friday? Correct. So they've played an yep. extra game? Yep, no, uh, I forgot about that. Which I think it's, it was around 15 games, so in a couple of weeks they'll obviously won't they'll play. They'll have the bye, yep. And every other club will, uh, yeah, it's around 15, so two weeks. Very good. All right, so I wasn't seeing things. I did n- not take that into account, but Springvale on top. Keysbar in second position, Doveton third, Murrumbina fourth, and Hampton rounding out the five. I think that's it's fair to say that that's probably how it's going to stay. Uh, Caulfield in sixth position, East Brighton in seventh, Heatherton eighth, 
Chelsea Heights ninth and Sky sitting on the bottom of the ladder in Division 2. Jacko, we're going to take a quick break and off the back of that break, we're going to have a look at Division 1 in the Southern Football Netball League. 0404 736. That's the number you can get us on this morning. It's a quarter to midday. Here's one single improvement that will help make the world of difference to your home. One improvement that will help keep your home warm every winter and cut energy bills in half. An improvement that will eliminate traffic noise and help to keep your home burglar proof. It's EcoStar. EcoStar double glaze replacement windows and doors are the most thermally efficient in all of Victoria. And for the next two weeks only, you can help yourself with up to 27% off in the EcoStar winter sale. For a free quote, call 1300 EcoStar. Southern FM sponsor. It's time to learn. It's time to stand. Are you worried about your memory? Are you worried about Alzheimer's? Have you thought about the devastating effect it can have on your life and those around you? Do you think there's something you can do about it? Well, you can. By exercising your brain with puzzles, reading or learning something new, you might just reduce your risk of Alzheimer's. So think about it. Visit alzheimers.org.au Lions Club Youth Exchange. See the world, travel in a group with chaperones where necessary. This is a unique opportunity allowing our youth to live with a family as a family member, learning the culture and lifestyle of the people firsthand. It's a fantastic chance to get out there and be part of this great world. Contact your local Lions Club for details or log on to lionsclubs.org.au. Lions Youth Exchange. Try it. You'll like it. This is Lucinda Green from Culture Club, an extension of both the light and fluffy and the serious and passionate conversations I have with my friends over the weekend. From the books I'm urging them to read and the shows they're urging me to watch to the conversations that animate our WhatsApp groups both for better and for worse, Culture Club discusses the things and people that bother, excite and inspire women in their mid to late 20s. Culture Club, each Monday from 11am to midday on 88.3 Southern FM. From Sandringham to South Yarra, you're listening to Southern FM. And this is Beyond the Boundary, your home of local footy in 2019, 0404000736. That's our number if you want to get in contact with us this morning. Tell us how your day at the footy was yesterday. Jackson Fry alongside Carl Bianco this morning going through uh, the footy results from the weekend. And then we'll draw our attention to... Division 1 of the Southern Footy and Nepal League uh, yesterday afternoon at Bentley Reserve. And this was the Pride Cup. Uh, Jacko, yesterday afternoon they yes, were I celebrating that, yeah. Pride Round. Uh, Bentley 4-9-33 were defeated by Cheltenham in a close one. Sutherland kick three was the only multiple for the Demons. Rogers, Foley and Matty Troutbeck in the best. Good to see him playing well for uh, the Demons. And for Cheltenham, no multiples. Uh, but Worrell... Davis and Malamis named in the best there. We're, we're getting behind the Rosellas this year. It's a it's a great win uh, to come from a goal down in a tight game at three quarter time and get the win at Bentley. I'm sure it would have been a tough physical uh, contest in those conditions. Um, but yeah, now they're going well, Cheltenham going very well and uh, very even comp again, Division One, which is mm. what you want to see. Um, anyone can beat anyone from top to bottom. So uh, yeah, good result for them and uh, they're. They're firming for a flag or potentially deep into the finals this year. Yeah, and you know what? I reckon they deserve it too. A few years in the making, this uh, Cheltenham team, and uh, they're doing very, very well. 
even managed to knock off Dingley the other day. Yes, I've seen that, yeah. Sold the stuff by the Roselles, and they'd be happy with that result yesterday. All right, Morty Alec, 7-9-51, the one week that Morty Alec get back on the winner's uh, list. Bug's not here. Bug's not here. Fair enough, Bug. He's too busy on level one. Uh, they defeated Oakley Districts 2-8-20 at the home of football, Ben Kavanagh Reserve. McPherson and Nichols, as well as Morris, chimed in with two apiece with the multiples for Morty Alec. Van Velsen, Dickerson and Curtis named in the best for Morty. For Oakley, Velado was the only goal kicker for them, kicking two. Carousella, Mullen and Richardson named in the best for Oakley. Port Melbourne, 3-12-30 at uh, Murphy Reserve. Their home turf were defeated by East Melbourne, 14-11-95. They'd be disappointed with this result. Taylor, Sutcliffe, O'Donnell and Jones named in the best for the Port Colts. For East Melbourne, Highwood kicked three. Flanagan kicked three. Bristow kicked two. Collinson, Pousty and Mowat named in the best there for East Malvern. Good result for them. Good, great result there for uh, East Malvern. Always a tough tough venue to play at JL Murphy Reserve um, against the Colts, um, in, especially in those conditions yesterday. But uh, they'll take that win, I'm sure. Uh, their coach, Nathan Robinson, will be wrapped with that. Um, and it's very even, Carl. Just have a, actually having a look at the ladder. But East Malvern sit third. And mm. uh, as we talked about, the double chance is very important come finals. Yeah, and I think, you know, East Malvern, they'd definitely be boosted this year having had a new pavilion and whatnot. Yeah. Last year, lack yeah. of facilities yeah. sort of Absolutely. doesn't necessarily affect the team's performance overall. But when you can't train under lights and yeah. various other things, it does sort of impact your, your club a little bit. Uh, but to their credit, they're back up and... Uh, yeah, doing well this year in Division 1, which is fantastic for East Malvern. This next result at the Peanut Farm. Ooh, fierce rivalry between these two clubs. St Kilda City 10-6-66 defeated St Paul's 8-13-61. Uh, Tabakman, who was the uh, recent recruit from St Bede's Mentone Tigers, chimed in with two goals for St Kilda City. Firebrace kicked two, Hanson kicked two, and Ed Green, brother of Toby Green, kicked a couple as well. To Backman, Aaron Purvis, and Billy Hartung, also a late recruit to the St Kilda City Club. Very handy inclusion in Southern football. Yeah, uh, Billy Hartung played a fair bit of AFL. Terrific leg speed. Um, yeah, no, they got, they got him late again from some beads. Aaron Purvis is a league best and fairest winner in the Southern mm. comp. Uh, good win at the Peanut Farm. Close game. St Paul's be ruining that. Um, they could have gone. Uh, they they would have been a game clear on top. They've actually dropped to second now, mm. equal with Cheltenham. So there you go. Disappointing uh, loss for them, but they'll bounce back. Very much so. But uh, good result by St Kilda City. They'd be uh, loving that. Another club that had a few issues last year with no facilities and uh, their pavilion down there at the Peanut Farm. Very nice. I haven't seen it, Carl. But yeah. um, they were, they had nothing last year. So yep. Um, yeah, short term pain for long term gain. Very much so. There's a lot of clubs that have been in that situation, and uh, once the final product is revealed, it's well worthwhile. Dingley, back on the winner's list yesterday, 8-16-64, defeating Hyatt, 5-9-39. Farmer chiming in with four, McGregor kicking two. You know much about this McGregor? He seems to be popping up a bit for Dingley. I don't, but um, they've always uh, had a knack of recruiting quality players, the Dingoes. Mm-hmm. It's a good win. Hyatt have been competitive in Division One. They uh, not sitting on the. They're a game clear of Oakley, so yep. be looking just just to, to stay up um, after their flag last season. Definitely, uh, Horton Milne, Alice, and Jones named the best as well as uh, Danny Farmer there uh, for Dingley and for Hyatt. No multiples, but Waddle, 
Rain and Scott, as well as Cole Hendy, named in the best there for height. And, uh, yeah, it's never easy coming up a division, especially when you're going from Div 2 to Div 1, but it, it is... Uh, possible to be competitive, and fortunately for Hyatt, they're uh, sitting one above being relegated back to Division 2 this year, and hopefully they can get a couple more wins on their side in the back half of this season. We'll take a look at the ladder in Division 1, and it shows Cheltenham on top, St. Paul's close behind in second, East Malvern third, Dingley fourth, Port Melbourne fifth, which is good for them this year, Morty Alex sixth, but could be disappointed. Bentley, 7th. St Kilda City, 8th. High, 9th. And Oakley sitting on the bottom of the ladder, which is the one win, 10th uh, position. They'd be very disappointed with that, Oakley, because there was a lot of uh, changes in the pre-season yeah, at Oakley was, District. Yeah, they lost a few quality players, Oakley. And, uh, they've been gallant. They've lost a lot of close games. Hopefully uh, they'll be looking to pinch a couple more and avoid the drop. All right. Jacko, we're going to have a look at the games to look forward to next weekend in the SFNL. Uh, and we'll start by having a look at... Uh, well, we'll quickly look at who you're coming up against next week in Division uh, 3. We're playing Ashwood at Ashwood, I believe. Ashwood at Essex Heights Reserve. Never easy to travel to Essex Heights Reserve. They're on the hill. Uh, and they're a proud football club. Ashwood, I'll tip you guys, though. I reckon you get yeah, back yourselves sh- in. We should get the win there, hopefully. Expecting it to be close on that one, though. Oh, it will be a good contest down there. Yeah, Clayton Cerberus, Clayton, uh, and Blackrock and Dever Hills. I reckon that'll be a close one, too. Yeah, it'll be an interesting game. They'll be looking to bounce back uh, in Dever Hills after a disappointing loss yesterday. So. Though it's at McDonald Reserve, which will favour Blackrock for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I'd tip Blackrock in that one, but only just. Uh, Division 2, next week we see Sky take on Murrumbina at uh, Caram Downs Recreation Reserve. Murrumbina, I think, for the win there. East Brighton take on Chelsea Heights at Hurlingham Reserve. Uh, I actually caught up with uh, Peter Larson last night, the doc, oh, yeah. from yeah. Uh, East Brighton, and he's still pulling on the boots and, and coaching effort. East Brighton. A great man. So uh, I believe uh, they're looking forward to this game next week against Chelsea Heights, and I think that's going to be... Pretty evenly matched, so, that game. an old uh, staunch rivalry from Division 1 where both oh. clubs were powerhouses. Um, yeah. Times have changed a bit. but uh, Travis Johnson playing for yeah, Chelsea Yeah, 2012 grand final. Yeah. Um, disappointing day, that one. But, yeah, it'll be a good game. I think East Brighton will win at home, though. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, the Hammers host Springvale. This is going to be match of the round, almost, I reckon, Div 2. At Peterson Street Reserve, the Toolbox. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm hard to pick between those two sides. I I think, again, the home ground advantage would come in a factor for Hampton, but, uh, yeah, that could go either way. That good game, that. Very good close. game. Heatherton take on Caulfield. I think if Heatherton are going to get another win, this could potentially be the game they get it in at Ross Street uh, against Caulfield. Another but pretty even game, that one. There won't be much in that. Yeah, spot on. And the fact that Caulfield have got a few wins on the board the last few weeks, it'd probably be uh, hard to not tip Caulfield, but I think... For John Bennett's sake, I'm going to tip Heatherton. Uh, and for the last game in Div 2, Doveton Eagles take on Keysborough at Power Reserve. I think, uh, yeah, this would be another cracker, this game. But uh, That'll be, yeah. be a quality contest. Um, Depends on what they do with Chris Bryan, I reckon. Yeah, Nick Battle's obviously a star player for the Eagles. Um, do you have to tip the Eagles just because it's, it's at Power Road? But I reckon... Uh, Keezy will take it right up to him. Mm, definitely, definitely. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, do you know what? I'm going to go Keezy in an upset. Eh, it wouldn't surprise me if they won at all. Going Keezy in an upset. I reckon K- 
Chris Bryan's going to kick six. That's my call. Yeah, fair call, Carl. Big Very call for next week. He's in fine form, Chrissy Bryan. All right, next weekend in Division 1 of the Southern Footy Netball League, East Malvern take on Dingley at Dunlop Reserve. This would be another cracker. Uh, I reckon East Melbourne's going to win that. Some great games there off the top there. Uh, yep. Uh, well, who do you reckon? East Melbourne? I'll, I'll East Melbourne at home. Yep. Cheltenham take on Morty Alec at Jack Bugger Oval. Cheltenham just, sorry, Bug. Yep, I agree. St. Paul's take on Paul Colts at McKinnon Reserve. St. Paul's to bounce back there. Yep, I would think so as well. Uh, Oakley take on St. Kilda City at Princess Highway Reserve. I'm going to tip the districts. I'm going City. And Hyatt take on Bentley at Turner Road. Bentley just. Yeah, uh, I reckon Hyatt. I reckon Hyatt are going to get the job done. Close game. That rounds out our Southern Footy Netball League wrap for this week, and that's pretty much the end of the show, Jacko. It's been good fun, mate. It's been great, Carl. You've got terrific guests and uh, cover the local footy as we close in. uh, You know, not not, not long to go until we hit the finals. It'll be on us before we know it. Yep, and you did uh, hint at who you reckon is going to be hosting the finals a little earlier in the SFNL, and of course... Uh, in the VAFA, they spread out their finals venues. but uh, oh, The VAFA's fantastic. They play on all the VFL grounds, I yeah, believe. Yeah, lucky them. Yeah. Uh, but they'll be obviously playing some footy at Trevor Barker Oval and Elston Park. Casey Fields, yeah. Correct, yeah. Um, they get well looked after the VAFA. Uh, nothing better than playing on uh, on pure football grounds with no cricket pitch in the middle. Uh, and just a quick look as well at their games in William Buck Premier next week. Old Melbournians take on Old Brighton. We spoke about that a little earlier. I think Old Brighton will win that. Collegians take on Old Trinity. I think Collegians will be too good. Burners take on Old Carey. Back Burners in at the Snake Pit. St. Kevin's at home to Old Zaverians. That would most uh, definitely be the match of the round for uh, the Premier Division this coming weekend. So uh, tip the scobs there. St. Kevin's to win that. Joe yeah. Wait to kick six. So you're going with my prediction, like with Chrissy yeah, Bryan? Yeah, yeah. My, my old man played for St Kevin's. Uh, he had a, a rich history. They won the last two flags and, and uh, don't count them out uh, this year to go for a three-peat. Nah, they're a very proud football club, St Kevin's, and coming up against Old Zavarians, if anybody's going to knock them off, I reckon you, you're pretty spot on with the money there, Jacko. And then the final game in William Buck Premier Division next weekend is between Dela, uh, a club that I uh, know quite well, and uh, they're taking on Uni Blues who, of course, have been in fine form this year as well at Derry Bell. Uh, so I hope for D-Last's sake that they can get another win on the board under Schwabby. Uh, they deserve another win. Jacko, that's all we've got time for today, mate. Uh, thanks so much for taking the subs vest off and, and coming in uh, and joining me. Thanks for having me, Carl. Terrific show. And, uh, yeah, as I said, looking forward to uh, the pointy end of the footy season. Oh, it's been a great footy season so far. We've hope you, we hope you've enjoyed your footy across this weekend. Coming up is The Vibe with Lana and Penny. Stay tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. You've been listening to Beyond the Boundary, your home of local footy in 2019. We'll see you same place, same time next week, 10.30am, right here on Southern FM.